the Pittsburgh Steelers get a much needed win in this in this game. But in their win over the Panthers, was that win the kind of sustainable football that we'll see in the future? We'll talk about that with Ray Fittipato. I'm Chris Carter. We're both of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. And this is the North Shore Drive podcast. Let's get into it. You are now listening to the North Shore Drive podcast, a show on all things Pittsburgh sports from the writers of the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, hosted by Christopher Carter. Hello and welcome to the North Shore Drive podcast. I'm your host, Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipato in Carolina right now. And this is, again, the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette, which you can find on Monday, Wednesdays, and Fridays on Apple, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and especially on YouTube. Like this video if you see it on YouTube. Subscribe to this YouTube channel to get more on on all things Pittsburgh sports daily from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette's sports YouTube page. As always, today's episode is brought to you by the AccraShirt Fan Advantage, the power to project one of our Post-Gazette Steelers beat writers into your home or office by using augmented reality. You can get an exclusive pregame breakdown from a Steelers expert standing right in your living room. Get the latest insights on starting lineups, key matchups, and critical stats at post-gazette.com slash AccraShirt Fan Advantage. No extra downloads, just insider access to Steelers updates at post-gazette.com slash AccraShirt Fan Advantage and get a real edge on this week's action. Ray, the Steelers did have an edge in this game, and they found a way to win their offense, 75% on third downs, that's ridiculous. Um, but their run game, not explosive, but steady. They were able to get Najee Harris, 86 yards on 24 carries. Jalen Warren, 38 yards on 11 carries. When you look on the total day, 156 yards on 45 carries. Their fourth time with over 150 yards rushing since the bye weekend. And all four times, they've won the game. Granted, this wasn't a pretty game at all. It wasn't a, a, an easy win. But is this the style of football that the Steelers can play if they want to get back to being a winning football team? Yeah, I mean, Chris, that's a good question. I think this is who they wanted to be from early in the season. Um, you know, you control the ball with the running game. You don't turn the ball over. And you count on your defense to get you out of stadiums. Now, it hasn't always gone down like this. You know, the defensive injuries early in the season. Um, more lately, the defense just underperforming. But I think what you saw today, yes, that that's what they would like to be. Can that be sustainable into 2023? I, I mean, listen, Chris, it can be sustainable against teams like the Panthers. I don't know if it's sustainable against teams like the Bengals, the Chiefs, uh, the Bills, the elite teams in the NFL. But – Certainly, Chris, I don't know if you agree, but if, if they played like this all season, um, they'd probably be in playoff position right now. You play like this in most games, you're probably one or two two games better, and you're probably fighting for a playoff spot right now. I mean, if they had stopped the run like this, we'll get to the defense in the third segment of the show, but if they had if they had run if they could have run the football like this, they might beat the Patriots, maybe they beat the Browns. They, but they put themselves, like you said, they put themselves in a conversation to maybe win the Patriots, the Browns, the Jets, the Dolphins, um, and maybe last week with the, with the Ravens if they had done, if they had played this type of football then. But even if they just flip two of those, like your, like your point is, they're eight and six instead of six and eight, and they're not in the hunt for the playoffs. They're in a, they're in a playoff spot right now. Well, Chris, we're, we're going to talk about Mr. Trubisky uh, in a little bit, but how long would Mr. Trubisky have been the starter? 
if they ran the ball like this in the first four games of the season? Would, would there be a quick hook after three and a half games? Probably not. I don't think so. I mean, we, we probably never Bisky, see Kenny Pickett. Yeah, I mean, listen, Mr. Trubisky wasn't great in those three and a half games, but he had no running game. I mean, he literally had no running game to fall back on. So, like I said, this is what they envisioned, but, you know, it was slow to come together for the offensive line, slow to uh, come together for Najee. Uh, let's get we're getting it together late in the season. But, um, yeah, I mean, it kind of makes you wonder how the season would have unfolded if it was this way from the outset. Who have been the biggest contributors to the offensive line coming together? I know it's it's a thing where they, they all five of them got to perform at the same level, but usually there's a guy that stands out or one or two guys that stand out more than others. If you had to pick those two guys in this offensive line it, it, for today and for recently, who are they? Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't rewatch today's game, uh, Sunday's game yet. Uh, mm-hmm. If I had to pick two guys – uh, for the entire season, I, I would say Mason Cole and James Daniels. Uh, those are um, two I'd pick. You're right. Yeah, I, I think they have been solid. They have been consistent for most of the season. And, um, you know, Chooks has been fine, but he's kind of – he's not your typical road grading right tackle. He, he's been solid. You haven't heard his name a lot. I think he's been okay, but – just in terms of the running game, I would credit Mason Cole and James Daniels for, for getting that going and getting the momentum going in the right direction. I agree. And I think those two guys have added added a good punch. You can still tell this group needs, I think, an elite player on it. Like this, like they, they like we see we'll have weeks like last week where they couldn't get things going against right. the Ravens, and then it led to those problems. But when you play teams, it, like I think this was the point of this season was if you played middling other middling teams that are like the Steelers, not all that great, but have their 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 assets and their strengths along with their weaknesses, you can win those games if this group plays uh, plays at this level. Uh, I think we saw that. Also, wanted to get your thoughts. How do you see the future of Najee Harris and Jalen Warren coming together as a one-two punch for this offense? Is that something that you think can work over the next four to five years, or is this kind of a, a, a one-time thing we're seeing this year? You know, Chris, I read about that a little bit on, on Sunday. Um, Jalen Warren pretty much closed the game out. You know, I mean, Najee got in late. I think he had one carry to finish it out. But, you know, I, I, I think the days of Mike Tomlin being that, that one horse type of a coach, um, it seems like Jalen Warren has changed his mind. And uh, it seems like he has a lot of confidence in playing him in absolutely any situation. Now, when you look at the carries, I want to say the carries were like 24 to 11 mm-hmm. um, in, in favor of Najee. So in, in that realm, it almost looks like, well, you know, 66-33. But I kind of look at it differently. I, I think in the big moments – um, they're not afraid to play Warren. And I, I think that's good. I think if you look at a lot of the really good rushing attacks across the NFL, you're going to see teams that have one, two, even maybe three good running backs. So um, find um, he's not a guy you could just play in, on certain downs. You could play him on first, second, or third down. He's really good. And I think he, he's kind of forced Mike Tomlin into this decision to let him be more of a running back uh, by committee type of a head coach. Yeah, I think I think Jalen Warren 
has certainly played his way into it. And it's not just the running, like you said, on the th- third down pass, the last drive, Mitch Trubisky faces an all-out blitz for, uh, from the Panthers. Jalen Warren stones his man on the outside, helps solidify that pocket. Trubisky finds Johnson over the middle. They move the sticks. Those are type of things the Steelers didn't used to not consistently get from their backup running backs, and now they're getting them. And Jalen Warren, I agree with you. He's fitting in in so many different ways, and I think that's why the Steelers aren't afraid to play him. I do think there's something brewing there with those two being able to rely on each other. And you need that because if one goes down, the other's still there. And this makes it so you don't run the tires off of Najee Harris. He was a first-round pick. You hope that he's not worn out by his fifth year in the NFL. And that maybe in that fifth and sixth year when you're hoping that this defense is in a better place, this offense is in a better place, he's more of the veteran leader of the group than necessarily the the old veteran that's kind of getting pushed off the team because he's worn his, worn his, his best days out of the NFL. And it's not like Najee is being minimized. He's still carrying the ball 24 times. Right. It's just the brand of football you're playing. You're possessing the ball, the ball more. There are more opportunities uh, for guys like Jalen Warren to, to come into the game and to uh, you know help you win. Absolutely. we we got to talk about Mr. Biscay specifically because I want to get your thoughts on his play, and not just his play in this game, but how he handled this week. There could have been a lot of ups and downs to this to, to, to this week that, that made this a tumultuous game, and he avoided those pitfalls. We'll talk about that more here in the North Shore Drive podcast. But first, we've got to talk to you guys about Valley Pool and Spa because they're one of our great sponsors here in the North Shore Drive podcast from the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Wouldn't it be nice if the holidays were stress-free? A hot tub, a swim spa, or a sauna from Valley Pool and Spa can help you feel like it is. You can relax in the soap in a hot tub or a swim spa from Valley Pool and Spa before the snow flies. Refresh and rejuvenate in a Finlay sauna that's sure to melt your stress away faster than the frosty in Aruba. Save big now on all in-stock hot tubs, swim spots, and, of course, saunas by visiting valleypoolspa.com. That's valleypoolspa.com. Back here in the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter. He's Ray Fittipaldo. We're at the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. We're breaking down the Steelers' win 24-16 over the Carolina Panthers. I want to focus specifically on the quarterback situation because, Ray, there was a lot made of the 2A comments about Mason Rudolph and Mason Rudolph feeling you know, good and then the quarterback competition in the middle of the week and who would start and would Kenny Pickett come back from concussion. There was a lot of uncertainty in this week, yet Mr. Visky gets the start, Kenny Pickett inactive, uh, Mason Rudolph, the backup, Trubisky, 17 of 22, 179 yards through the year. Not spectacular, but gets a rushing touchdown on a quarterback sneak. Uh, finishes with a 100.4 passer rating, no interceptions, which I think is a, is a huge part of that. And the Steelers convert 75%, 12 of 16 third down conversions uh, in, in this game. They also, they also, in this game, they dominated time of possession, 36 minutes and 11 seconds to 23 minutes and 49 seconds. That's almost a 15 minute, a full quarter advantage of controlling the football. What, what did you see from Mitch Trubisky, how he handled this week, Ray, and how he came out and, uh, and managed this game? Yeah. I mean, I, I thought he was a pro and, um, you never know what's going through a guy's mind during the week, but the way Mitch Trubisky played, on Sunday, I mean, what more can you ask for? I mean, 17 for 22, I think he played a big part in um, many of those third down conversions that you talked about. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, going 75%, there were some huge ones to Deontay in the second half. There was the one to Pickens in the first half. I think it was third and five. They got the big play 
to set up the, sec the, the second touchdown. So, yeah, I mean, it had to be a difficult week for him in many respects. Um, you know, I, I thought it would have been easy and maybe it would have even been the right thing if Mike Tomlin would have stuck by him as the starter and just said, hey, we're going to split the reps because we want to get Mason ready right. um, if he has to play. But he kind of left Mitch, you know, dangling out in the wind there. And um, mm. um, I don't know, maybe, maybe that played – Maybe that made Mitch play better in some ways. Maybe that got him ticked off. I, I don't know, but putting myself in Mitch's shoes, I, I, I think that what he went through last week was was probably pretty difficult. And I give him credit for stepping up and playing the way he did on Sunday. I do too. I felt like there were several times, like you said, he was a pro. Like when the pressure was on, he didn't panic. And this was what the Steelers, you know, needed last week. You know, no turnovers, avoiding the big mistakes taking the safe place, but also giving your, your guys chances to win. The deep ball to George Pickens that he caught down the sideline. Some of the passes he threw to Deontay Johnson. He was giving his guys ability, a chance to win. And you saw him go 10 of 10, and his targets to Deontay Johnson resulted in catches. Right. You know, there's been a lot of talk about Deontay Johnson. His comments about Mason Rudolph, you know, wanting him, wanting to see him do well. You know, did that mean anything about Mitch Trubisky? The rumored fight in the middle of the, in the halftime of the Jets game. You know, did these guys like each other? And... If there is a some bad blood between them, it clearly didn't show in this game, and I think that's the sign of guys being professionals and letting it getting the job done and putting that above anything personal. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I I didn't put a lot of stock into Deontay Jason Rudolph this week. I think he was asked a question and he just you know he just kind of answered it. He, he he's known Mason a long time. Um, I think Mason was in year two during. Johnson's rookie season. And I just think he said, Hey, I, I would love to see the guy play, but to your point about that relationship with Trubisky, um, you know, I think we all know it was kind of rocky early in the season, but for, for Deontay to go out there, and I think more importantly for Mitch to go out there and to uh, not only target him to, but to get him the ball in some of those crucial situations, some of those third down conversions in the second half, um, again, you're always going to do what's right to help your football team win. But um, for him to have no issue going to Deontay there, for him to kind of put all that personal stuff aside, I thought, again, you know, big, uh, you know, big ups for, for Mitch being a pro and for getting that done. Absolutely. And, and it kind of, I think, again, shows the blueprint that like, hey, if, if a quarterback follows this plan, the Steelers can win football games, again, against the bad teams and the mediocre teams because, you know, they, they're not beating the Bills or the Eagles this way unless those teams just fall, you know, just have a terrible day. Uh, but this, everyone knows this Steelers team wasn't going to be a team that competed with those teams this year unless they had bad days. This was this team is about finding its footing so that when they do make the investments and when they do get the guns on their side, they're going to have the ammunition to go win the bigger for the bigger football games. I, I just think it's really important to see a, a Steelers quarterback, whoever steps in to be able to deliver those types of performances. If this was Kenny Pickett, I'd say this is, again, it's an efficient day. If it was Mason Rudolph, I'd say it's an efficient day. But the point was, and I think the Steelers, they made this effort in the offseason by drafting Kenny Pickett, making sure Mason Rudolph was still on the roster and signing Mitch Trubisky. They wanted to have guys who they could rely upon to just don't crush us. Don't lose right. the game and let the rest of the team get the win. Yeah, be a game manager. And sometimes, Chris, as we saw last week, it's not always easy. Sometimes you want to take those shots, mm -hmm. um, you know, want to be the hero. And, I, you know, I think 
Mitch Trubisky learned from his mistakes against the Ravens, and he came back and he was much more efficient, um, very accurate in this game. I, you know, I don't remember a lot of bad decisions where I said, "Oh boy, that was almost intercepted." He, he just didn't put himself in a lot of situations where he was making um, bad throws, or, or you know, because of his de- decision making. So, um, yeah, I, I thought you know, obviously the running game helped him out. But um, he made all the right decisions, all the right choices throughout the game to help the Steelers win. Certainly an interesting sign. We'll see if he plays again next week. The Steelers have a Saturday game, so I guess a, a shorter week with the Christmas Eve performance against the Raven, uh, against the Raiders, excuse me. And the question will be, of course, can Kenny Pickett play that game? If he doesn't, imagine Mitch Trubisky would keep his spot. We'll see how that plays out. Of course, the Pittsburgh Post that will be on hand all week long as practices continue. But before we do any of that about the rest of the talk, we still have to talk about the defense in this game because Ray, they had impressive performance, I thought, uh, in stop, stopping the run. Is it replicable? Can they replicate that? We'll see in the future. But before we get to that, we got to talk to you guys about Yinz in the Berg. Yinz in the Berg is your number one place to go for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel accessories and much, much more. So Yinzers, listen up with the Steelers playing. You got the Penguins playing. Pitts on pits on the way. The Pirates will be back back in the spring. You got all the different things that you want to root for in Pittsburgh. The best place to get gear for all those teams is right there at Yinzers in, Yinzers in the Berg. And there's easy ways to get them. You can go to any of the, either of their two legendary stores in the Strip District, which you can walk into, check out all their gear. Or if you can't get to the Strip District or you're just too busy, go to their website, YinzersPGH.com. That's Y-N-Z-E-R-S-P-G-H.com. Com, and you'll be able to check out all their growing merchandise. It's a growing store that has new stuff every week. Go check it out. They have a lot of great stuff. It's for all, and especially if you're doing holiday shopping, it's the best time to get some some Pittsburgh sports gear right for right for your loved ones and get and put under the Christmas tree. So go again, go to the either of the either of the strip district stores for Yinzers in the Berg or their website at yinzerspgh.com for all your Pittsburgh sports apparel. Back here on the Locked On Steelers podcast, I'm Chris Carter here with Ray Fittipaldo. We, excuse me, not the Locked On Steelers podcast, woof, the North Shore Drive podcast. Need to edit that out. All right. Back here on the North Shore Drive podcast, I'm Chris Carter with Ray Fittipaldo. We're breaking things down here for the Pittsburgh Post-Gazette. Ray, the Steelers in this game came in and there was a lot of concern for the run defense against, against the Ravens. They were they gave up a big chunk, 215 yards on the ground. They gave up 146 yards to the Falcons, 110 yards to the Colts. And even though they won those games, there was that concern that it's growing and growing and getting worse. Then all of a sudden, against a team that in the in the Panthers that in their last game they ran for 223 yards against the Seahawks, the Steelers stoned them to allow only 21 yards on the ground, their best rushing performance, uh, rushing defense performance of the season. What went into this turnaround? Yeah, I'm, I'm going to call it a one-game turnaround, Chris, because okay. I, I'm not going to sit here and tell you their problems are fixed. Just a week ago, we saw what the Ravens did to them. Um, you know, the Falcons put up 146 against them. Um, the Browns early in the season. I mean, this has kind of been – an issue all season, but I will give them credit. You saw when Carolina really mixed it up. They had a front where they would go four defensive linemen uh, with their two outside linebackers. Um, 
and they just they did some different things. So what they did today worked, but we'll see if they can can continue it. Three good, very rushing teams to yeah. end the season. You got the Raiders coming into Acroshore next Jake. week. You got a rematch against the Ravens on New Year's yeah. Day, and then you finish up against Browns. So we will find out by the end of the season if this was a, a true turnaround or if it was just a one, uh, you know, a one-off against a team like the Carolina Panthers, um, who are struggling a, a little bit right now. No, I do agree with that. Like they, they were, but I think the, the thing was this is that they were able to do it, period, because I, I was a little concerned. If you look back at some of the, the Panthers run game, that Steve Wilkes had kind of gotten something going. You know, they had the Arby's package where they were going to be able to, um, where they, they would overload the, you, know, you talk about the Steelers kind of, they did their personnel switches to kind of prepare for that. But, you know, the Panthers had their own looks for that. I think a part of this also is that the Steelers did play from ahead in this game. And this, again, is a kudos to Mitch Trubisky and that Steelers offense. They got a touchdown in their first drive. When the Panthers scored scored again, they got another touchdown. They kept the Steelers in front yeah. so that the Panthers couldn't ever just say, you know what, forget about the time. Forget about how much time's on the clock. We're just going to run the ball and wear you down until you start showing all your cracks. And I think that yeah. part of that was the offense. But again, I got to give kudos to the Steelers' defense. They didn't allow a single rushing first down in this game, and it looked like there was at least some juice to get to make that happen this in, in this week. Uh, Larry Ogunjobi in this game, I think when he's healthy, mm-hmm. um, when you pair him with, um, they're, they're just a different defense. Um, the longest Carolina run of the game, Chris, five yards. That's it. Wow. Wow. 21 yards on 16 carries. I mean, it was just, it was a dominating performance. And, um, you know, you saw what that did eventually in the second half. You know, you noticed in the first half, the Steelers shut down the run. Carolina converted, I think, a third and 13 and the third and 11 yep. um, to help them stay in that football game. The difference in the second half was Steelers continued to put them in, in some difficult situations because they were smashing the run on first and second down. The difference was on third down, they were finally getting to Sam Darnold, getting some pressure on him, and they were making some big sacks. So, you know, that, that's the way I kind of look at it. This defense is always talking about stopping the run. We can get after quarterbacks. We can pin our ears back. They finally got after Sam Darnold in the second half. And really, I think that's what won the football game for them. No, I agree. They were able to kind of pin their ears back a little bit. You had T.J. Watt, sack and a half. Cam Hayward, sack and a half. Uh, Alex Highsmith getting, getting a sack in this game. The pressure finally getting home. And I, I'd say – Early on, when they gave up some of the, touch, the touchdown that they gave up, because uh, it was the only touchdown that they gave up in the game, it was a scramble drill play where T.J. Watt gave up contained. Sam Donald broke out, kind of let the play, you know, get a little loose. And I was like, man, if the Steelers continue to have a problem there, they're going to lose this football game because they're going to allow the Panthers to do what they want to do in the passing game. Uh, but they didn't allow that to happen. I think that was a good sign from them. I, I definitely think that T.J. Watt's still not in anywhere close to 100%. Um, but like you said, I think Larry Ogunjobi, if he's healthy, um, he's he's a really important contributor. And when everything's kind of clicking, you can see Alex Highsmith is finding a way to contribute. Heck, I, I thought Devin Bush had had some, some had some really good moments in this game. The importance for that defensive front to be something for the future, I, I think, is so big for this Steelers team. And I think it's also why they need to invest more into this defensive front 
in, in the coming years because Cam Hayward's not getting any yeah. younger and they still got to decide, do they want to even re-sign Larry Ogunjobi for next year? Yeah, I mean, that's that's a great point. Um, Ogunjobi's on a one-year deal. Um, they've kind of been in a situation this year where he's barely practiced and you're just trying to get him to Sundays. And some weeks he, he's been healthier than others. Um, so do you take a chance on him and maybe sign him to a two-year deal? I think whatever you do, you still invest uh, one of those top three picks in a defensive lineman, get another young guy in here. The Marvin Leal, I think, has we've seen some positive things from his during his rookie year. I know his his growth was kind of stunted a little bit because of that stint on IR, but you continue to add younger guys to the mix. Um, Cam Hayward was dominant today, but yes, how much was. longer can't he be dominant? I mean. I agree. Does he have one more one more good year left to him in 2023? Um, you know, we'll find out. But I, I 100% agree. You got to keep adding younger guys to that mix. We have a lot to see this week to see how the Steelers are going to take on the Raiders because, like you said, Josh Jacobs in that run game is coming to town. He's had a 303 yard performance earlier this year that's going to be a major challenge but how do they take it on we'll see as the week progresses here on the north shore drive podcast we'll have a wednesday episode and of course our friday episode breaking things down getting ready for the holiday showdown christmas eve steelers raiders at Ackershire stadium where there's also going to be a lot of fanfare for the for the 50th anniversary of the immaculate reception we'll, we'll have all that at the pittsburgh post gazette and postgazette.com check us out there and check out this show the north shore drive podcast on apple spotify google Podcasts, and especially on youtube like this video if you enjoyed it subscribe to this channel to get all of our daily content that we have coming out here and especially our monday wednesday friday episodes of the north shore drive podcast we'll see you wednesday for another great episode thanks for tuning in to another episode of the north shore drive podcast of the pittsburgh post gazette if you're watching this video on YouTube, please like the video and subscribe to our YouTube channel. For six months of digital access to post-gazette.com for just $6, click the link down below in the description.